iCrush Barbecue Show. I'm your host, Abe Delgado. And in this episode, I chat with Mr. Ted Romero of Sticky Business Barbecue in Napa, California. I first met Ted and his wife, Alicia, at the LA Food Bowl earlier this year and recently ran into them at the Texas Monthly Barbecue Festival. Ted is a trained executive chef turned pitmaster, and Alicia is an accountant. They've been popping up in Napa, Oakland, San Francisco for the past three years, and they're excited to bring craft barbecue to their local community. They have their first pop-up dinner with very limited seating coming up this weekend in San Francisco at a really cool venue. Check out their social media for ticket information. I hope you enjoy this show. This is Sticky Business Barbecue. Hey, today we are talking with Mr. Ted Romero of Sticky Business Barbecue out of Napa, California. What's up, brother? How are you? Doing fantastic. How about yourself, man? Good, man. Are, are you guys located in Napa? Is that right? We actually live in Napa. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. That's what I thought. All right. Just want to make sure I wasn't telling lies here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, man. Been wanting to get you on for a while. Um, I know we hung out a little bit in Texas uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we met uh, for the first time at uh, LA Food Bowl. So we'll chat a little bit about that in a little bit. But uh First, let's uh, let's kind of jump right in. Um, this is a family family run business, right? You, your wife, and uh, and your family there. Yes, sir. It's uh, myself, my wife, who uh, who's kind of the cheerleader of, of the whole thing, and uh, we actually my son helps us out too. He's uh, we brought him back from Spain uh, about five or six months ago. He was living out there, and he's helping us out too. Oh, nice, nice. How old is your boy? Uh, he's twenty four. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And do you guys have any other kiddos? Yeah, we have a nine-year-old, nine-year-old, uh, nine years old, going on thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one of those too. Uh, she's eleven, going on thirty, man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that goes. I saw recently you guys just had a wedding anniversary, eighteen years. Congratulations yes. on that, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and you just had a birthday, right? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, you guys are having a, you know, these, I guess what, the month of November is big for you guys, huh? Yeah, so when uh, when we when I decided to elope, uh, I figured the day before my birthday would be great so I could at least remember it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's a good plan. I should have tried something like that. <laughs> Let, let's, let's jump right in. Uh, where, where are you guys from originally? Where did you grow up? And... Um, Kind of tell us a little bit about some of the influences that you had uh, uh, growing up as well. Uh, it's a little bit backstory. Uh, born and raised in Vallejo, California. Um, both Alicia and I, we grew up on separate sides of town. And back then there was two high schools and they were rival high schools, uh, Hogan and Vallejo High. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where we grew up at. Now we're about 20, 25 miles north of that in the city of Napa. Um like I said, born and raised in Vallejo, graduated high school. I met her actually at my first job. I was working at Taco Bell. My uncle, I was looking for a job. My uncle said, okay, we're going to these different fast food joints. And the first one he took me to was Long John Silver's. I'm not a big fish person. So I walked in, walked right back out and said, nope, what's next? He goes, Taco Bell. I'm like, let's do it. <laughs> nice. 
I'm pretty pissed that they just uh, stopped selling that Enchirito, though, man. That used right? To be my, that used to be my jam. That was the thing. <laughs> For lunch, that's what I would have, the Enchirito. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, build my own now, so I'll tell nice. them, hey, you know, I'll tell them to give me all the ingredients, and then I'll just put it together myself. And all, all the young books, they looked all confused, like, what's an Enchirito? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Uh, that was your kind of... Your first uh, um, taste of uh, working in a restaurant, right? Yeah, it was my first uh, little foray into food service. Um, started, you know, it's like everybody else does, you know, cleaning up after the manager and taking care of that stuff. And um, they opened up a new one. They brought me over to help open up the new restaurant or the new fast food joint. Um, did that for a little bit. And then uh, I was coming around to I basically worked in between summers because um, I was playing sports at the time. So worked in between summers, got enough money for all the senior trips and everything through work. Um, and then after that, after school, I uh, I always thought about going to culinary school during high school. Um, I took the home ec- economics class, you know, and they had sewing and then they had home economics. And I'm like, well, I like eating. And then mm-hmm. there was a bunch of girls in the class. So that was the main reason why I took it. <laughs> of course. But I, right. <laughs> you know, I, one of the things I, I you know, people – so I've been a chef for many years now, 15 plus years. Um, but one of the things that I always think back on is people are like, well, what got you started? It was just that interaction of making food, serving it to somebody and just seeing that smile on their face. For me, that was a big thing. Just being able to bring joy to somebody through food. You know, there's not a lot of places where you get joy these days. And food is happens to be one of those big things along with, you know, you know, mutual respect and love from other people in music. I mean, there's not a whole lot of things out there. Mm hmm. Would your family cook a lot of family meals, or did you guys go out to eat quite a so, bit? Or? So my mom worked two jobs um, growing up because she was a single parent. She had me, myself, and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky enough to live next to my grandparents. So, you know, grandma made tortillas and Spanish sauce and Spanish rice, and mm. grandpa would, you know, do the, the whole trouts. And so we got to eat fairly well, um, beans every day of the week. Mm. I mean, there's not. I mean, after a while, you're like, Grandma, I can't ha- put, I can't figure out another combination to make these beans taste good, you know. <laughs> but you know, now, we- looking <laughs> looking back on it now, I'm like, man, I wish Grandma was here to make me some beans, you know. She's, oh, she's been gone yeah. for quite a while, but you know, those those fresh tortillas when you're coming home from school, like we would. I lived uh, about five blocks from school, so once we got close and you can smell the grandmas making tortillas, like all of all of our buddies that lived in the same block. We could smell them down the street, and we would just take uh, a foot race to who can get to Grandma's house fast enough to get their hands on tortillas. <laughs> Man, I could just smell them now. I, I remember waking up to that smell sometimes at my house. That's uh, yeah. good stuff, man. Yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, family influences there on on uh, the food. So when you went to culinary school, what did uh, is was there anything you specialized in there? Or? Yeah, so uh, culinary school, like I, I got a scholarship to go to culinary school right out of high school, um, and I had just, you know, started dating my wife Alicia at the time, you know, girlfriend then wife now, um, started dating her, and I kept looking at the map because it was going to be Johnson and Wales out in uh, Rhode Island, and I'm like, Rhode Island, California, Rhode Island, California, and I wasn't really, I never really traveled a whole lot as a kid, and so that kind of kind of spooked me. So I decided to go to college and I did the whole college thing and tried that. And then I, you know, various jobs here and there, worked in aerospace for about seven years uh, with composite materials. 
And then that's when it was like, you know what, I really need to start cooking because I would cook for lunch for the guys and stuff and bring food in. And uh, so we went on a tour of the culinary campus in San Francisco. At the time, it was called uh, California Culinary Academy. So mm-hmm. we, my wife and I went and did the full tour. And when we got around to the butchering station, they had a whole hog and they were, you know, cutting it up and doing what they're doing. And I almost passed out. And so I knew right then and there that the savory side of things was not for me. I'm not good with blood. I'm still not very good with blood. So I decided instead of playing with blood and guts, I'm going to go play with sugar and flour. So I <laughs> did the paste, the baking and pastry course. Nice. Let me go back a little bit. Yep. So you, you said you met Alicia at your first job. So Alicia worked at Taco Bell also? Nah, man. She was <laughs> – uh, <laughs> She was coming through the drive-through line with her aunt and her cousin, and uh, <laughs> and I was I was I was the drive-through guy. I was taking the order, and she was there, and I was like, "Hey, let me get your number." And uh, so she, she she was like, "Nah." So she, she her aunt drove around, and then they were sitting across the street on this grassy hill, and uh, I kept waving at her, and they finally came over, and I was like, "Let me get your number," and she's like, "No, let me get yours," and I'm like, "All right." So I was like, man, I was trying to be all smooth and everything. And she was like, no, let me get your number. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so she called me a couple times while I was at work. My mom was like, he's at work. He'll be home at this time. So she called back, and I just happened to just walk in the house, and I got her call. And, you know, it's been history since then. We've been dating since 1993. <laughs> that is awesome. What a, what yeah. a great story. <laughs> all right, man. I did. I just wanted to go back and touch on that. Like, man, <laughs> you kind of skipped that part, and I, I, I wanted to find out what happened there with Taco Bell. So, yeah. all right. So you, uh, so you go to culinary school. Um, what happens after culinary school? Walk us through kind of some of the jobs that you had after that. So culinary school for me was was pivotal. I mean, I mean, you're, when you're going to school, I mean, if you see a lot of it now, there's a lot of people that are going to culinary school just to be on television. I think um, they're looking at, you know, I want to be the next television star. I want to be making the big bucks, this, that, and the other. Um, mm-hmm. When I went, I had a sole focus of learning and getting better. Um, mm-hmm. I had worked at some cafes prior to going to that, just doing breakfast stuff, scones and, you know, cakes and things like that. But when I went to culinary school, we had a small enough class to where we had individual attention with, with the students. And for us, it was broken up into different classes. So you got to do chocolates class for, I think there were eight week classes. So chocolates class, you got to do a candies class. You got to do bread, plated desserts. Um, you kind of got to run the whole gamut of everything. So you got, you got to actually see which one you're going to like, and which one you're going to stick with. For me, it was plated desserts, which correlates to working in restaurants or in hotels. So after I graduated school, um, I started, you know, shuffling around trying to find places to work. And one of the things that I found that I was doing now, they look back on it again, was that um, I would look at the food reviews and which ones had not negative reviews of dessert, but not great reviews of dessert. And so I was like, well, they're either missing a pastry chef or a pastry person, a pastry cook. Or they don't have a full team that can help execute these things properly. So I started going to those restaurants and asking, applying, and seeing if they're they're hiring or whatnot. I mean, I spent weeks, and finally, I went to one chef, and he's like, "Well, I don't have the budget to hire just a strictly pastry pastry person." He's like, "But what I can do is I can bring you in. You can work half of your day 
which back then was six or seven hours is half of your day. Um, working with me, making stocks and stews and all these other things. He goes, then the rest of your time, you can work on pastry. And I wasn't really down with that. I, I wanted to just solely focus on pastry. So he made some calls right there when we were chatting. Um, he made some calls, reached out to a restaurant called Town Hall. It's in San Francisco. And it just opened, like, I think it was like a week and a half earlier. And their lead pastry guy hurt his back. So he was out. They were down people. Chef Janet says, hey, come in. We sat at the bar, talked, kind of, you know, the, the focus of where she wanted the, the, her pastry department to go, the kind of the idea of the food that she was doing. And they hired me on the spot, and I started the next day. Wow. Yeah. So I worked Dang. there for two years. And my whole thing was I want to get somewhere. I want to learn almost everything that I can learn from that chef, and then I want to be able to move on. And I didn't want to be in one spot for – you know, six months or nine months. I wanted to make my time there worth it. So majority of the places I worked were a year and a half, two years. Some of them were even longer. Um, and after after San Francisco, I went, um, I worked in the Napa Valley at uh, Julia's Kitchen. Um, Julia Child, she like had her brand name on this, on this Copia building. Um, I worked there with a world-renowned pastry chef, Nicole Plew. I left there and I went and worked at the Fairmont. Uh, then I went, um, that was in Sonoma. Sonoma, I went back to San Francisco, worked at a couple places there, ended up at the Mandarin Oriental. I was the executive pastry chef there for two years, left there, came back to the Valley. I worked, uh, actually Nicole reached out. She goes, Hey, I got a, I got a buddy who's looking for a pastry chef. Um, let him know what you're making now. She goes, and then whatever you're making now, double that and they'll pay you. And I was like, wow. yeah, right. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's let's see if it works. So I go in there and I tell him a you know fictitious amount of what I'm making and this is what I'm expecting. And he's like, all right, yeah, cool, let's do it. And I was like, wow. Little <laughs> did I know, you know, I would be there six days a week, twelve to thirteen hours a day. Dang. Um, it was that was probably for me the roughest time that I had in a in a spot. And I was there for nine months. And uh, I believe it was 53 days in a row with no days off, 12 plus hours a day, getting the patient department up and running. And uh, it took a toll on my body, my my love for the game, uh, my relationships. Um, it was rough. But then, you know, it was uh, I think it was a couple weeks before Christmas. They let me go. They brought in new chefs and she brought in her whole new crew and this whole deal. And they let me go, and I was like, cool, I get to spend the holidays with my family. You know, when you work in restaurants, you don't get to do that a lot. So I got to spend the holidays with the family, and then I think it was January 2nd, I got a new job at Bartisona Hotel in Yonville. place hadn't opened yet anymore. I mean, hadn't opened yet as in we're still wearing hard hats coming up with dessert menus. And that was always fun. <laughs> well, that's kind of cool to work at a startup business too, you know. Gives yeah, you- I mean – that that yeah. building was amazing. It was a bleed platinum property, which means they had the highest of green standards. And um, the chef at that time, when we first started, uh, he was just awesome at what he did. Um, the pastry chef, we all worked worked everything out with that. And then um, about three years into it, the pastry chef ended up leaving, and I took over. Um, and I was there for almost seven years, just until uh, 20. It was like the end of 2015. It was around Thanksgiving of 2015 when. I stepped away from that property, mm-hmm. started barbecue, and it's been fun since then. 
Yeah, what what uh, what took you to barbecue? Why why the sudden change into barbecue? Well, the barbecue thing was was fine. You know, growing up, you know, I always barbecued out of Weber and would you know when I worked at, at UPS um, late nights, we would get home at you know eleven, twelve, one o'clock in the morning, and the wife's not up to cook, so you'd make up some hamburger patties and you do some hamburger, or you do some tri-tip, or you know we're barbecuing in the backyard, you know. We had kegerators. We had all that stuff. So it was like backyard barbecues type stuff. So I was always into barbecuing. But mm-hmm. at the hotel, there was a dinner called Sunday Supper. So every Sunday, the menu was different. So we would take ideas, myself and another chef, uh, Alfredo Cortez, who's uh, out in Monterey now. Um, we would we would kind of tweak our menu to highlight some barbecue things all the time because we both love barbecue. and We wanted to open up a barbecue pop-up together. Um and so I would even incorporate barbecue things into dessert. My desserts were always a little, little wacky, um, you know, just using different ingredients as, as you know, was always fun. Mm-hmm. So we, we would, we would mess around barbecue sauces and different way to, to do ribs and all these different things. And I was like, man, I really want to do this. So I started reading and watching videos and going to places and, Unfortunately, places in the town I grew up in suck, you know, so you kind of have to go out further. And I would go to San Francisco and I would eat some of the barbecue joints out there. I hadn't yet found the underground style barbecue or any of the people that are out now. But mm-hmm. that's what kind of just took me toward. And I'm like, man, I can make good barbecue. I can at least make it better than what we have at home, mm-hmm. you know. And so for my around birthday what, one year. Yeah. That? No, I was going to say around what year was that? So 20. 16. So my wife, for my, for my birthday of 2016, she bought me one of those uh, Brinkman grills at Home Depot. And that's kind of what we started on. I started on was that. I mean, I th- think the first brisket I did was on a bullet that my my mom gave me. That was my sister's and my sister didn't know that I took it. Um, <laughs> so I did it on there and I did it all wrong. You know, it's I didn't I don't think I even trimmed it. I wrapped it in foil and basically just made pot roast out of it. But I was like, man, this is awesome. And then now if I were to go back and taste it, I'm like, man, what the heck were you doing? <laughs> the evolution, right? Yes, sir. You live so, and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Did any of your training or past experience kind of um, help you out? Does it does it help you out in your business today? I think the transition from pastry to barbecue is similar in the level of intensity because in pastry, everything has to be exact. I mean, it has, I mean, it's, it's a, it has to be consistent every time mm-hmm. you can't go and, you know, make your, your, your dough and forget an ingredient and go, Oh, I can just add it in now. You can't do that. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with barbecue. I mean, once you get it on there, if you're like, Oh man, I forgot to do this, like it's too late. You're just going to have to run it out. Um, I think that level of intensity, the level of um, focus needs to be there. I think I think it does help out a lot. I actually got to train with a guy, um, Rob Zavatero, who his restaurant recently closed. But I worked for him for like nine months. Um, I went in. I was like, hey, I want a job learning barbecue. I want to learn the front end to the back end, how the business runs. I was like, I don't really care how much money I'm making, which was uh, in hindsight was a bad idea. But <laughs> he was like, yeah, no problem. I'll hire you for less than anything. So but I learned a lot there. Trimming wise, um, you know, smoke times, rubs, like all kinds of fun stuff. I mean, learned through him. And when did uh, Sticky Business become Sticky Business? 
I think that was about the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing pop-ups at a farmer's market in American Canyon our first year. Um, it was on a Sunday morning. We would go out there, set up set up our 10 by 10 tent. We put the smoker out there, and we just kind of get things going. And you know, it was so American Canyon's in between our hometown of Vallejo and where we live at now. And it's a small little little community that if you get in with the community, they love you. I mean, they're mm-hmm. still some of our biggest followers now. I mean, we have people that come out to Napa, they'll come out to Oakland, and they're still following us and showing up to events that we do to to this day. And and just to put in perspective, kind of the the geographic part uh, is San Francisco, Oakland. What what are they uh, as far as distance wise to you in Napa? Uh, they are about I want to say about sixty miles um, any given day. I mean, it could take an hour and a half to two hours to get from Napa to San Francisco to Oakland, just depending on traffic. Traffic okay. here is similar to you. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've come to uh, I've come to know and and enjoy that traffic here too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great for <laughs> podcasting. It's great for listening to books. You know, when you're sitting in traffic, people watching. It's oh yeah. <laughs> so how did the name come about? Sticky business. <laughs> Sticky business. So uh, growing up, I, I you know I like hip hop, and there was the EPMD Strictly Business. Um, and so when I was doing doing uh, the name, I was coming up with, you know, I had all kinds of things that I wanted to do. And uh, there was a, a rap group in our town, and it's uh, the Strictly Business family. And so I was like, hey, you know what? What about Sticky Business? And, you know, <laughs> I was like, there it is. Right? And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I love the name. And, you know, you do some, some festivals and some events, and people have weird things that they think the name means. And, you know... <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> I thought you were doing some sticky ribs or something like that. When I first started, it was it was sticky ribs, and I was like, I got tired of it because they were getting all over my hands and all over my face, and I was just like, it's just a mess. <laughs> so we switched up the style a little bit. Yeah, so you start doing these farmer's markets. Uh, it starts to get a little serious. What, talk to us a little bit about your menu. First of all, what were you doing then, and and kind of its evolution uh let me think what we're doing that so the evolution is um we started with with brisket and ribs and i think we were doing yard yard bird we call it yard bird so the yard bird is you know it's our chicken but Mm -hmm. there was a a hardware store in vallejo called yard birds so when we came up with the name for that i wasn't thinking of the southern version of a yard bird i was like oh yard bird people uh, people really take that back to to you know home you know and that when i when i did desserts that was a lot of my desserts where they were a dessert that would take you back to a memory or to a place or something like that so when i came up with that name i was like oh this would take people back to that memory of the you know because it was it was a really it was before home depot and lowe's and all that stuff it was it was yardbird mm-hmm. um so we were doing those we would do beans we do coleslaw um and then now you know over time we, we bought the smoker and we bought it from Dave Close. It was at the when we got it, it was we thought it was huge, and now it's just too small. But <laughs> what, what now are we're you doing? Cooking? It's a it's a 125. It's a little baby smoker. Mm-hmm. But now we're doing we're doing still doing brisket. We're doing ribs. We're doing sausage. Uh, we're doing our yard bird. We'll do pulled pork. We'll do beef ribs. And you know our our 
staples are the brisket, the ribs, the sausage, and the mm-hmm. chicken. Um, and for our sides, we do uh, our creamy coleslaw. We do a collard green. We do our pit beans, which are pinto and a kidney bean with some spices in there. And then we do a hatch green chili mac and cheese. Mm. You know, make, we make our own salsa, our own salsa, our own sauce. We do our, our OG, we do our Cali Gold, and we do our hatch. My family's from New Mexico, so I like to incorporate, you know, the hatch chilies or any of those little tiny things that take me back to eating the food that my grandma used to make. So for me, yeah. that's that's one of the joys. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because you know when you start the bordering uh, New Mexico from Texas. Uh, I went to school at Texas Tech, so it was really, really close there. So hatch chilies are huge yeah. over there. So yeah, I was going to ask about that, but cool, man. I didn't know your your family's from New Mexico as well. Uh, yeah. Do you ever get you ever get back over there? Any? Uh, when we do, I've, I've been I've been probably within the last four years, like two or three times. When I was working for a hotel, we had a property out there, so we would go. My wife and I would go take a vacation every once in a while and stay at the property. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, any chance that we get out there, when my son was going to college in Kansas, what was our trip? We would drive up to Kansas and then drive back down through New Mexico home, take the long route. But, you know, just that country is so beautiful. The people are friendly, you know, the, just the smells and the sights and just everything for me. I, I never lived there, but you know, when you go there, you feel like you're at home for me. Yeah. We, we, would, we, smu- we would smuggle chilies home too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We did. We did the same thing. We'd vacation over at Rio Dosa every now and again. And it's just, uh, it's beautiful out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cool, man. So what about your desserts? What are you doing? Are you getting, are you still getting, uh, getting crazy with your desserts? No, we do. Uh, when I do desserts, it's mm-hmm. really just banana pudding. I'm trying oh, to focus really? more on getting good at actually doing barbecue. Yeah. Um, I think once I have that nailed down, or I feel at least I feel comfortable comfortable doing it, I think that's when I'm going to start bringing full time bringing on desserts. Um, we do some occasionally when peaches were in season this year. I smoked the peaches, um, threw a little bit of brown sugar on top, and then uh, kind of just let them smoke for a few hours till they got they weren't mushy, but they still had a nice texture to them. Pulled them off, made a little crumble out of uh, brown sugar and oats, and then finished it off there. When I went to go serve it to some guests, I had whipped creme fraiche with a little lime zest, and I kind of just laid the, laid the peaches on top of that with their own natural juices falling out. I mean, uh-huh. you take flavors and you make, you manipulate the food. I mean, you make you make it what you want it to be. And for me, that was that was fun. I, you know, I was having fun putting out the desserts, and people loved them. And so we do we do some fun stuff when I when I have enough time and have enough help. Because right now it's I do all the smoking. I do 90% of the prep. And then a team shows up on game day and they knock it out the park. So. Mm-hmm. And are are you a hundred percent barbecue now, or do you still have a a job? I I do have a job. I'm a husband, and actually I homeschool my daughter. Okay. On Monday through Friday, uh, but I don't have a nine to five. I do barbecue. Uh, my wife uh, she owns a company, and she just took a a position with another company as she does accounting. Um, mm-hmm. So those guys, those guys have been awesome. They own a local brewery here in town. So we started doing pop-ups with them, and they've invited us to come and kind of put up a semi-permanent spot if we if we ever wanted. Um, so it's been fun. Okay. Are you anywhere regularly that uh, that folks can find you there in Napa, or is it? Uh, just- they can find us um, at a couple brewery wineries. There's one St. Clair Brown that we're at um, during the summertime pretty often. 
Um, and then Trade Brewing now is one of the places that can find us. But we also go out. We go do breweries out in Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. We did our second year. We were in Oakland every Sunday, and I mean, it was just, it was a, it was an awesome time because people out there love barbecue. Uh, mm-hmm. We find that in Napa, it's there's a lot of people that like it, but they're so used to what is in town that when they they see ours, they're like, oh well, that's not like so and so, and it's like, no, we're a completely different style of barbecue. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we were out and we were doing stuff out in Oakland. We we're doing some stuff out in San Francisco. We kind of just hopped around to different breweries and you know just having fun and spreading barbecue love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've had several people ask me, do you know anyone out in Napa that's that's doing anything? So I, I think that's a space that's that's kind of wide open for you, and uh, you know, hopefully you'll make a, a pretty big impact there. Um, what, what types of wood? are you using out there uh we're getting oak we do an oak um the company we're buying from they do oak almond um so kind mm-hmm. of a blend in between there uh when i can get my hands on apple i run i you know i'll throw some apple in there just kind of add a little different flavor and different uh you know profile to what we're doing it's mainly oak okay all right and um and i guess you're doing you do caterings as well yes sir that's uh that's kind of where we make our money at okay. you know caterings because out here you got a lot of the wineries so during harvest time we're doing harvest caterings you know it could be anywhere from 30 to 200 people mm-hmm. um, and you can't get any but I mean, we can but i mean there's, there's a lot of beautiful places out here in the napa valley i mean we did one up at the top of the mountain uh here for a winery and it was 200 people you know you're you're just picturesque there's a lake in between. You got the mountains on the side and just tons of vineyards running all the way down to the to the water. I mean, that was our view for the night. I mean, just amazing. Wow, that's awesome, man. And so I guess you're a you're a barbecue fan also. I know I run into you at <laughs> events. So let's talk a little bit about that. First of all, um, what did you think of LA Food Bowl? I know it's been a while back, but that was uh, that was a pretty incredible time for me. What do you what did you Stop. think? We had a blast. I mean, first night we got there, we just kind of hanged out in the pits and chat with Matt and some of the guys that were out there. Um, and then the food was just, I mean, just to see that California is making its way on the map um, mm-hmm. is awesome. I mean, the guys in, you know, Moosecraft and, and Heritage and uh, and the guys down there. Yeah, Slab also. Slab, all yep. those guys, you know, they're just they're just killing it. And, you know, Northern California, we're we're bringing it right along with it, you know. We got you know Matt Horns out here getting ready to open his joint, and we got all kinds of other guys that are out here doing things. So, I'm a fan of barbecue. I'm a fan of seeing different styles of barbecue and just seeing the love that people put into it. The community is amazing. I mean, it's it's very similar to when I was in pastry. I mean, the people that really were into pastry for the love of it, you know, it was it was a great time because you're there to feed people, but you're also feeding yourself from that vibe. So, mm-hmm. and, and you were just recently at Texas monthly, uh, barbecue festival. Was that the first time going to the festival? That was our second time. We bought second the, we time? bought the whole okay. crew this time. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Y'all had all matching shirts with the California on there. Yeah, that was cool. My son actually designed those shirts for us a couple of weeks before the event. Um, he was, I was doing some stuff online. He kind of drew it all up and did it all out. And so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was, it was fun. We had a great time. The weather was beautiful. I mean, the people were fun and the food was great. We, we did a 
the Saturday class with Lance over at uh, Style Switch the morning nice. before. Yeah, and then went to Franklin afterwards. So a lot of barbecue. A lot of barbecue. Any favorite or memorable bites that you had there? Um, the Fritos from 2M were awesome. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, we had the duck from Style Switch was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then uh, La Barbecue with the, the shots. Did you get that? They had the I shot. Get- yes, yeah, so they had like a shot. Of, I think it was mezcal. And then you had a brisket bite and then a pickleback. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, man. I walked up to the line and the, the lady that was at the thing, she goes, "You want to do a shot?" And I was kind of like, "Uh, sure." So she poured poured some and then boom, 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 and I was like, "Oh, that was cool." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, man, I didn't get to do that. I yeah. I was already, I guess I, I man, I burned myself out so quick, man. I was hitting all of these uh, all of these places and then all of a sudden. I hit that wall, you know? Yeah, that's where we were at. <laughs> hit that wall. Yeah, I seen Daniel Vaughn. He goes, you full yet? I'm like, man, I was full five time, five servings ago. <laughs> yeah. Got a little I Supo saw- Chico in me and took a break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. Great weather this year. And, uh, yeah, everyone that was there was really throwing down. I, I feel like the the food was even even up another notch this year than it was from last year so absolutely yeah and uh you guys hit a little uh louis miller's uh, uh the next day right before you guys headed back yeah that was that was on the way back to so we flew into dallas and then drove in uh to to austin and so on the way back we're we're heading back because my son was staying in uh, dallas an extra day and uh we're driving and i was like we need to we need to hit this space before we before we head home um so we did and everybody had a great time and food was amazing the people there were just cool so I actually brought some home. So when I was at the going through the security checkpoint, they held my bag and I was telling the TSA agent, I was like, it's probably just a rib. She goes, is there anything in here that's bad? And I'm like, nope, that rib's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Cool. And um, so you guys are having, uh, is, I guess, is this your first dinner, an intimate evening with Sticky Business Barbecue? Yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, so we have a friend in San Francisco that just opened up kind of an underground dining space. Um, and so I was talking with him about doing a pop-up, and we set a date for it. And so this is going to be a, a sit-down dinner. Um, so think upscale barbecue. I mean, we're still doing barbecue, but it's going to be just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do two past apps. I'm doing a, a pork belly corn fritter, um, so kind of like a uh, pork belly corn dog with our California barbecue sauce. And then we'll do a carrot ginger shooter just to kind of cleanse your palate after that. Um, <laughs> then I'm going to do uh, a garden salad. So we're going to do uh, a little bit of frisee. It's going to be a nice little tight, clean looking salad. Frisee, shaved carrots, candied fennel. I'm going to do a little citrus vinaigrette kind of to get you started. And then we're going to go into our St. Louis ribs. Uh, we'll do those with some um, corn polenta. And then mm-hmm. uh, roasted root vegetables. And then the next course, we're going to do a smoke and braised uh, beef short rib. I ran a little test on it tonight. Parsnip puree, do the demi, and then uh, some microgreens. And what else? Hey, you guys, <laughs> oh, you guys then we're going to do dessert. Down. Yeah, then we're doing dessert. So that's where I get to have fun. <laughs> there you go. So I'm going to do a chocolate tort. I'm going to do blackberry jus. 
and then uh, beet ice cream. Oh man! And is is this like a private dinner? Uh, you, you guys selling tickets tickets, or? tickets are available. They're available through Brown Paper Tickets. We actually got a um, a winery, Tuck Beckstoffer, who is providing all the wines for the first four courses. So we're gonna have some rosé. We'll have a Chardonnay, um, a Grenache, and uh, their red wine. So wow. that was fantastic of uh, Charlie Plummer to hook us up with um, some food or some wine for our food. So 65 bucks for a four-course meal with wine pairings in a nice location. Um, it's it's going to be awesome. Nice. Dude, 65 bucks is a bargain. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I thought about doing a higher price, which it means. For four courses in wine, it could probably go for 75, 85 bucks. Um, mm-hmm. But it being our first one, I kind of want to get a feel for it, and I didn't want to outprice ourselves, and want to make sure that the the value was there for the people that show up. Um, and the next one we do, we can probably charge a little bit more and probably fit in some more people. Right now, we're set at 20 people for the event. Um, I think I think the space could probably handle 40, but you know the guy that owns the spot, he's like, let's just start at 20 and we can get bigger as we go along, which I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Underground dining area, that's uh, yeah, I hadn't heard of that, but that that sounds yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so he took he took a warehouse and he converted the warehouse into a kitchen space, and then you know it's got it's got a little upstairs lounge area where he has DJs that come and play up there, and then. The, the little warehouse space next to it, he converted that into like a little um, – well, half of it is where my wife works at, but the other half is uh, is going to be like a little cocktail reception area where people can come in and have some cocktails and kind of just float over to the next zone and just hang out and have have some nice food. Wow. That sounds fun, man. Yeah. Is that in Napa also? That's going to be in San Francisco, actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, this is going to be in San Francisco. Very cool, It's hosted man. by Gossip Kitchen. Well, well, good luck, man. Congratulations on that. It sounds like uh, it's going to be a fun night. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I think it's going to be a blast. I mean, it's going to be fun to to showcase barbecue in a different light. I mean, you see a lot of these guys, they do when they when they do events, it's it's not their traditional barbecue they're doing. They're kind of stepping up and doing something fun and, mm. and interesting. So I'm just kind of bringing that to it. And so what are, what are your goals and plans for uh, Sticky Business Barbecue? Uh, that's a great question. Um, we we really want to just bring the best barbecue that we can to the Napa Valley, um, and then you know spread it out further. Uh, right mm-hmm. now we're 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 you know we're a low overhead, so we do pop ups. Um, we're looking at getting a new smoker here pretty soon because I just outgrew the one that we have. So I'm looking at different companies to try to figure out who's the best mm-hmm. to do that for us. Um, obviously at the right price point too. So right. Um, hopefully, hopefully next year, you know, we're going to be doing more events. My wife and I were talking about that the other day. We want to do more, um, like the culinary style events, which are mm-hmm. fun. Do more brewery pop-ups, different locations. Well, this year we've pretty much stuck to just, uh, a couple here in Napa and then, um, one in Benicia, which is about 40 minutes away from us. And then we spent a long time with opening up a new place in Oakland, getting their food program started. So <clears throat> mm-hmm. we're going to try to hit up a lot more spots this year. Any plans for uh, uh, brick and mortar anytime soon? I'm not sure about that. You know, my wife when I talk, there's like I said that there's a, the brewery here in town. And at first I was because everything in Napa is so expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. but then you talk to anybody else and it's expensive all over the place. We live in California, so everything's expensive. 
But mm-hmm. we kind of like how we are now. We're just, you know, we're just kind of floating around and popping up here and there. But I would never turn down a, a location if someone came came with something and had something great um, to figure it out. But I think I for the next year at least. Uh, what is was next year? 2020. Holy cow, I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think next year we're sticking with uh, more events, more pop-ups. Um, trying to trying to to establish ourselves a little bit further before we uh, even look at opening up a restaurant. Gotcha, man. Get Just taking following. it slow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to trying, when we first started the whole thing, it was, we were doing pop-ups in our house and I was like, I want to make sure this is a viable thing. Something that is going to be able to attract people. People are going to want to come and, and eat our barbecue. And so far so good. I mean, we're three yeah. years into it and things are looking good. So that's good. It sounds like you're in no hurry and you're in a comfortable zone now. So yeah. might as well keep doing it if it works. Yes, sir. Well, cool, man. I have one last question that I like to ask before uh, parting ways. And that is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself that maybe most folks don't know? Huh. Um, other than being a wrestler. And a being wrestler? A yeah, I, I used to wrestle. Well, high school wrestler. I wrestled in high school. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, so, I just I thought, <laughs> I thought Lucha, Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre. <laughs> I'm actually going to Lucha Libre for my birthday, or I bought myself tickets to go see Lucha Libre this weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but I used to be in a car club. Uh, oh, yeah? Back in the 90s, man, I uh, where my wife used to live at, there was a Goodwill, and someone decided they were going to drop off. Uh, so I had a lowrider bike. They dropped off two old Schwins, and I picked one of them up, a, a girl one. And I took it to a guy that's local to us in Vallejo, and he tricked it out, and did a three-tone paint on it and candy painted and pinstripes. And, you know, I, actually, I still have it here. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I used to take that thing up and down California and Oregon and Nevada and win trophies all over the place with that thing. And I still I, – everybody wants to buy it, but I'm still kind of just holding on to it for memories. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You're going to have to send me a picture of that so we can post it yeah, up. Yeah, for sure. And does, the, does anybody get to ride that? No man, it, it, you can't. You couldn't even ride it if you tried. I mean, I made so many modifications to it that my daughter she gets on it every once in a while. I'm like, get off the bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, cool man. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks very much. I I know you guys uh, are busy. Got your hands full with the business and the kiddos and all of that other stuff. Same same like everyone else, right? Right. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time and chatting with us and. Uh, Man, wish you the very best, man. I can't wait to get back out to uh, to that area. I'll have to I have to give you a buzz when I'm on my way, and maybe we can Absolutely. coordinate uh, uh, a meal out there or something. And so, if Absolutely. not, we can just go grab some drinks. Right, sounds good. Either way, <laughs> I appreciate right. you, brother. I appreciate you, man. You have a great uh, great evening. You too. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Bye. Bye. Remember, if you like the show, please help us reach more listeners by leaving us a five-star rating on your favorite app. Subscribe to get all past and future shows and share with your friends. You can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at iCrushBBQShow. Or just shoot me an email at iCrushBBQShow at gmail.com. Don't forget to tag us with your favorite picks. We'd love to see what you're crushing. Until next time, keep crushing that cube.